Hello, everyone. I'm Fox News' Rup Raj, and welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On this, the January 12th edition of Let It Rip, we talked one-on-one exclusively with Vice President Kamala Harris. We then talked to a panel of experts about the border, climate change, and also Joe Biden in 2024. So let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, the vice presidential visit. Vice President Harris, good to see you. Good to be back. Welcome back to Michigan. Good to be back. Thank you. Before a forum on climate change in Ann Arbor, Kamala Harris chats with us exclusively. And tonight, our panel is weighing in on what she had to say. Everything from who she believes needs to step up to solve the problem at the border to the future of the administration. Given his age, uh, given where we're headed, do you think that he is the right choice? Her answer to that, and if she'd consider running for the top job down the road. But first... A big chunk of change dedicated to fighting the climate crisis in the Inflation Reduction Act. Why she says it was needed. Plus, how critical she sees Michigan in the national political landscape. And in an all-new set, an all-new year, it is time to let it rip. The vice president giving us a lot to talk about, and our panel is ready to go. With us tonight, Republican strategist Jamie Rowe and public relations guru and Democratic commentator Greg Bowens. As always, our Fox 2 anchor attorney, Charlie Langton. Let's start with climate change. You know, the vice president was in town today, uh, and we had a chance to talk one-on-one exclusively. A large portion of money uh, in the Inflation Reduction Act, which the Biden administration will talk about, goes to climate change. I asked the vice president one-on-one about that. When people at home look at that price tag of the Inflation Reduction Act, they look at all of these you know, packages that have passed in Washington. Here on Main Street in Michigan, they're going, oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Yet another trillion dollars, if you will. But when you add this stuff up, the Inflation Reduction Act has some climate change stuff in it. Talk a little bit about why it impacts the environment. So, first of all, the, the, it, this is about money, money going directly to the streets of America. It's about job creation. It's about building us back up. I've been traveling the country, you know, work, for example, working with folks like the men and women at IBEW, right? Our electrical workers, are, are the, the folks who are training up through apprenticeship programs, these highly skilled workers, to do the work of whether it be to, to, to refurbish and build back up our bridges and our roads or the work that we're doing to manufacture in the United States electric school buses. This is about what's happening here in Ann Arbor around an investment in solar energy and about what we can do to reduce our reliance on foreign oil. Um, All of this is very exciting. And the work that we are doing is also collaborating with the private sector and private investment, collaborating with American businesses, building up small businesses. Do you know that... The vast majority of U.S.-based manufacturing is by companies that are 25 or less employees. That's about small businesses. That's about community. That's about building up the local economy as well as our national economy. We talked a lot uh, to the vice president about many other topics, including uh, we're talking about uh, the border. We talked about the viability of President Biden in 2024. We started there because that's why she's in town. Jamie Rowe, uh, there's a really hefty check that was written in order to fund a lot of these green initiatives uh, and this economic uh, stimulus package to help the environment. Do you buy in? Um, I don't. Uh, quite honestly, the, nothing is better than the free market for establishing what the, the next technology is. Government cannot mandate technology. And quite frankly, this whole electrification issue that's going on right now, our, our, in, in many parts of the country, our grid can't handle current load that's needed. 
I don't know how on earth we're going to do it when we, when we try to electrify everything and take away natural gas. I, I, recently, the, uh, they're going to ban gas stoves now. And I'm like, I don't know what's next. And quite frankly, I don't think people... But what about, what about the Line 5 pipeline? Uh, Kamala Harris today, the vice president, talked about that with Jennifer Granholm on that panel. Mm -hmm. And they had people who are concerned in indigenous communities saying, you got to do something about this. We can't let this happen. Um, this is a balancing act. Do you think this administration does well between the environment and the economy? I think they do. I think they try really hard to have that balancing act. I mean, when I hear some of the arguments from the people on the right, they sound like the folks that were opposing cars when there were horses and buggies out there. You know, progress happens, change happens. And the line five that we've been arguing about for a while now, we all understand the risk of shipping oil underneath the Great Lakes and just waiting for a time when that line erupts and poisons the Great Lakes. And so the native people that were out there protesting this afternoon at the University of Michigan, they make a good point because there are treaty uh, agreements that are involved and you want to build right through their land again and you want to endanger all this stuff. So it, it, it's a delicate balance. The vice president didn't speak to that specifically when she was talking about Line 5, but hey, this is Michigan. We want jobs. We want blue collar jobs. We want people to work at the same time. You got to let the horse Char buggy go. Charlie, an electric car, not a horse and buggy, a heck of a lot heavier than that. You're talking about sometimes six, 700 pound batteries that are locked into these cars. Our roads, can they handle it? And as to Jamie's point, are we ready to electrify at the rate that many Democrats want it to happen? No, we're not. And I tell you what, until we see uh, uh, price of vehicles, electric vehicles go way, way down, until we see people like you driving a, a, an electric car, until we see more charging stations around, and when we pull into our gas station, uh, the public is not there yet. So, yes, if the Biden administration wants to go forward with this, the sounds very good, and that was a very nice answer, but I want to see something. I'm not seeing it right now, and and that's the only way that we're going to change. When we talk about change, we have a big one that's pretty tectonic happening with our political uh, state right now in the state of Michigan. Debbie Stabenow stepping down as senator, and that opens up the floodgates for so many other people. I want to talk to our panel about that, but I had a chance to speak to the vice president of the United States about that as well. Take a listen. Michigan is in play. This is a purple state. We're sitting here, uh, you know, just days after Senator Stabenow, someone you know very well, said she's stepping down. Um, how important is Michigan for the future of the Democratic Party and for Republicans in terms of Michigan being in play? Yeah, well, let me first say that for the four years that I was in the United States Senate, one of the most important people that I got to know in terms of her dedication to not only the state of Michigan, but to our country is Debbie Stabenow an incredible leader. And I think we all as a nation are going to miss her role in the United States Senate, always speaking up in particular for working people in America and speaking up for what we need to do to strengthen who we are and live up to our ideals. Michigan as a state is very important. Michiganders are very important because Michiganders, like all Americans, have so much on the line in terms of where we are going as a nation. Michiganders know that we need to invest in U.S. manufacturing.
manufacturing. They know that when we brought down the cost of insulin for seniors to $35 a month as a cap, that that's going to benefit so many people who were on the verge of going bankrupt trying to buy essential medication to allow them to live. Michiganders know the work that we did, whether it be to extend the child tax credit in our first year and reduce child poverty by over 40 percent, directly impacts families here in this state. So Michigan is very important, and um, there's great leadership here, and, and that's why I'm here to work with them as we partner up to implement the work that we've done in Washington. You heard Vice President Harris say Michigan knows, Michigan knows. Michigan also knows how important it is to have good leadership in that position. As Senator Stabenow steps down, there's going to be an opening here. And we're talking about, as we say, the plates kind of turning and, and moving around. Who can fill that spot? Everyone is just throwing out the name Alyssa Slotkin. And Republicans and Democrats alike are waving their heads up and down, including you, Jamie. Yeah, I think, well, I don't think there's any doubt on at all that uh, Congresswoman Slotkin's going to run, and I think there will be several others. I think we will have expensive competitive primaries on both sides. Um, the biggest winners in uh, uh, Senator Sabinow deciding to not run again are likely the good folks at Fox 2, because I have a feeling that you're going to see an awful lot of advertising uh, next year, both in the primary and general election. And one thing about it, in, the Democrats have 24 seats up in the Senate next year, and I think Republicans have 10. They have made, Senator Stabenow's retirement has made an already difficult map for the Democrats even more difficult. And I think that we're going to be in the mix in the Senate race. Republicans will be in the mix in the Senate race all the way through. We're going to see a lot of Kamala Harris in the state of Michigan. That's my humble prediction as we head towards the next election, because we know she's in play as well. Greg Bowens, when you take a look at Michigan, particularly the Senate seat, what are some names that just we're not even hearing about out there that, that you think could be thrown in there? Well, let's, let's pick up on Jamie's dire prediction of a tough race because the Republicans are suddenly going to find, I don't know, a leader or a voice or get their act together and actually be competitive. But let's say that happens. Uh, if that happens, long before we get to that, we're going to see the Democrats, us as Democrats, not coming together, not getting our act together and something else is going to have to happen to allow for us to get that seat, keep it safe. Now, one of the things that could happen is, hey, two years is a long time, a year is a lifetime. If things are going really, really bad, there's nothing to stop Debbie Stabenow from saying, you know what, I'm going to leave early. I'm going to allow the governor to appoint somebody. That person will be knighted as an incumbent and be able to run. We've seen it happen on the Supreme Court. We've seen it happen on uh, on the uh, lower courts. What about Pete Buttigieg? He moved to Michigan. He says he's not interested. It doesn't matter. You, you just said that two years is a lifetime in politics. It is. So in, in, if in the first month he's saying he's not interested, Mayor Duggan said he's not interested. There's so right. many names. But you know, Charlie all, Jamie, but, but check this out. Who, check this who, out. who out there is a viable candidate right. that has already said no that you believe is still considering it? Uh, they're all considering it, even when they say no. We'll, we'll, we'll just Current leave it at that. Current governor could be one. But you know what? Uh, Mike Duggan could be one. Yeah, Buttigieg could right. be one. John James on the Republican yeah. side could who's be one. Who's got money and who's I got mean, name recognition? It's money, money, money. That's who's what got money? Who's who can got, raise the money? Who's got? You know who can raise money? Receded to leave. 
She raises money, money nationally, yeah. boatloads of money. She's got a national Please figure. nominate her. Oh, yeah, you know, that's <laughs> Republicanism. You might say that now. Well, whether you have a lot who, of money or not, you, if, if you, you don't know have who a else lot does? of money, you need Shree. Name, Shree Tenedar does. If you need, you, sure could. you need name recognition in order to get money. So it's going to be money versus the name recognition and who can get to that race I, for the dollar mark first. I'll tell you, right? someone who's got money, his name is Peter Meyer. And yep. uh, I know that Peter is thinking about it, and I think that he would be a formidable candidate if the he decided to run. The vice president talking to Fox 2 exclusively today, and it's a part of this Let It Rip segment. When we come back, uh, we start talking about a couple more contentious issues, including the border. What responsibility does this administration have and who the vice president is blaming right now for the problems there? Plus, is Joe Biden a viable candidate in 2024, or is he too old? I asked the vice president. We'll hear from her next. Let It Rip continues now. Back now on Let It Rip, breaking down and analyzing our exclusive conversation with Vice President Kamala Harris with Republican strategist Jamie Rowe, public relations guru and Democratic commentator Greg Bowens, and Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. All right, some hot button issues we've been talking about to the Vice President. I asked her about the border, specifically about the situation and what needs to be done right now. Take a listen. The border, by many people's account, is not secure by Border Patrol agents who are there telling the media they just don't believe it is. Do you believe the border is secure now? I will tell you something. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border, and that is what we are doing. But we also need Congress to act. We need Congress to act. When we first came in as an administration, our first bill was to get Congress to put the resources that we need to make sure we have a fair and humane immigration system that includes putting resources at the border to strengthen all that we need to do. And so when we look at the the, the folks who are in the United States Congress right now, I think we should be asking them to take up their responsibility to pass an immigration bill so that we can more effectively put the resources at the border and on this issue in a way that most Americans want. Do you wish that this administration would do more? Do you wish you could do more to help? Well, I wish that the United States Congress would stop playing political games with this and that so-called leaders would stop playing political games with this and using it as a, as a point of, of division instead of actually working on the solutions. The solutions are at hand. Pass an immigration law. Let's deal with this. All right, we have a lot of this going on. You did this. I'm supposed to do this, but I can't do this unless you do this. Jamie Rowe, uh, the vice president, very clear with Fox 2 today, saying the Republicans need to do better about cooperating. Meet us halfway in the middle. Pass the Immigration Act. Yeah. When you, when you hear that, what do you think? I think who's been in charge of this government for the last two years? First of all, Kamala Harris has been in charge, appointed by the president to be the border czar is Kamala Harris. Democrats controlled both houses of Congress for the last two years and the presidency and did nothing. They have, we have seen a situation now where that was under control before they took office. But Jimmy, the for first Republican they, lawmakers that, that she's saying didn't come meet them halfway, it's impossible for them to make any... Meet them halfway, meet them where? What is her proposal? I don't know what her proposal is. She's been to the border once. The president's been to the border once. They don't talk to Governor Abbott. They don't talk to, to the uh, governor of Arizona. They don't talk to people along the border. And yet we have ceded operational control of our southern, southern border to Mexican drug cartels. And, and as, as a result, we have 100,000 people a year in this country dying of fentanyl overdoses for drugs that come across that southern border. Greg, 
We got to get serious these, about security, these, not these just drug, immigration. These drug reform. overdoses are affecting everybody in every community, including, of course, marginalized communities right here in town and everywhere across America. Yet we have this Democratic administration that people are saying they're not just not doing enough. And on top of that, they're just finger pointing the other way. If if the Democrats are in charge, why aren't they doing more? You know, this 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 border crisis that's always a crisis every year under every president, no matter what happens, never seems to go away. We had a drug crisis in the 80s. We had another one in the 90s. We always have an issue as it relates to drugs. This thing is happening way down there in Texas. The way we feel immigration and what's happening with immigration is in the summertime when the crops don't get picked, is when you go, when Mackinac opens up and you don't have enough people to go there and work, we are suffering because the Republicans won't let us come up with a comprehensive policy to allow people to immigrate to this country. But do you think now, that they don't really have it? The law is there. Sure, the law is true. there. Now, the we law. talk about some asylum issues over here, but we're having a lot of these people getting into the United States illegally like we've had in the past. Right. Something's got to be done to make both a realistic way to get to the United States, maybe reduce, maybe reduce some of the asylum laws, make it easier or hard. And then, what's our policy? I'm not here. I do agree with Jamie a little bit. What is the policy? Democrats have had control of Congress that can make some changes. I haven't really seen anything, and now we have a border that's out of control. Greg, do you, think, do you think this vice president, in her comments that she made to CNN just a few months ago, mm -hmm. saying the border is secure, you just said it yourself. It's been in unsecure for so many, so many administrations. Do you believe it when she says the border is secure? Well, secure is a relative term. It's secure in but some But do you think it's other. secure? You know what? I can go. Can you go from here to Canada? Can I jump in my car and sneak over to through Canada right now? Entry. Through right. a port of through entry. Through a port of entry. Right. But we know Illegal we have way. open border with Canada from New York to the West Coast. Now, you telling me that people aren't coming across the border there? We manufacture Not a crisis. crisis in a way that allows oh, for us to shift our attention from what needs to be done, and that is a pathway to citizenship that allows for people from around the world to get here to do the work that we need. Now, I just talked about Mackinac, and I talked about the farmers, and I talked about the need that we have for workers that we're not getting, and we're not coming up with the policy to make that happen. But we got to take so, a look at some of these other countries that are finally why these people right. want to come to the United States so badly and they can't stay in their own country. That is an issue. Well, there's a humanitarian right. crisis well, on the other side and no one can is. deny that. And by the way, no one from Windsor is, 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 is so angry and upset at their government and they're not starving in order to jump across the Detroit River, come running into the, the But border. we know so that people that are, coming, that are coming through the southern border are not just coming from Mexico and oh, Nicaragua. Sure. They're coming, coming from, from all over the all world. Over. Let's talk about the Republican Party as it stands, Jamie, right yeah. now. We saw what happened with the speaker. Uh, and he was finally elected. Can this Republican Party get anything done, you think, with, with these outsiders who are still sitting there saying, wait a minute, we don't even like this guy? You know what? I think that they can because it, it, one thing I think that happened in that speaker vote is he let the process play out. And I have been, I mean, we, we were talking earlier about how, oh, Senator Sabanow is going to resign and let the insiders pick the person, and that's just the way it's going to be. No, I didn't say he it, actually let, it he, he actually <laughs> let, they actually let the process play out. I thought it was a 
great civics lesson for the country. And quite honestly, I think it was cathartic for the Republican conference. And it is it bodes well for things getting done. Because the most important thing, quite honestly, is making certain that people like Jim Jordan have gavels in their hand so that they can do appropriate oversight on this administration, which has not happened you at all. A, you did have a minority of Republicans that will hold up the entire process, though a very small minority, though. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the process, but they did stop a lot. I'll tell you what. The thing is, you had situation under Pelosi where you couldn't, members of Congress couldn't even offer amendments to appropriations bills, okay? And they're going to open that process up so the people's voice can be heard. My Congresswoman Lisa McLean should have the right to offer an amendment, and my, our other congressman in, in Macomb County, John James, should have the right to do so as well. well. And they will in this next Democracy Congress. is really messy. It always has been yes. from its inception, and it'll continue to be. And depending on what side of the coin you're at, you can point fingers at their mess versus our mess. But the bottom line right now is everybody's looking at to 2024. Who will be running for president? I had the chance to ask Vice President Kamala Harris today whether or not she thought her boss is up for the job. Take a listen. The viability of President Biden in 2024, your thoughts on that, with, given his age, uh, given where we're headed, do you think that he is the right choice for the next president of the United States? Joe Biden is strong, and history is going to show that even just in his two years, he has accomplished through his presidency more than most administrations could have hoped for. Would you you look at, let me tell you something, when you look at, for example, and I think that when we judge any leader, let's judge them on their track record of effectiveness. Many, many leaders said that they were going to pass an infrastructure bill. Joe Biden got it done. Where we're now building back up here in Michigan, the money that's going to come into this state to build back up roads and bridges, we are, because of what we have accomplished under Joe Biden's leadership, going to get lead out of pipes across America done within the next 10 years because of Joe Biden's leadership. Is it a job you'd consider in the future? I am proud to be Joe Biden's vice president, and he has said that he intends to run again, and if he does, I will be running with him. If you could hear that audio, but I basically, would you be willing to get take the job? I asked her twice, would you be willing to take the job? And she came back and doubled down, saying that her boss is her boss and she wants to work for him. Uh, look, let's just take a little piece of that over there. She said that so many presidents, administrations have talked about infrastructure. We need to fix our infrastructure. This president got the infrastructure bill passed with the help of Republicans who voted yes. Do you give him credit for that, Jamie Rowe? You know, I, I, I think that he, one thing President Biden has done well is spend money. He spent trillions of dollars. But do you think now, he did well on that bill? bill I think, I, I'm not sure what all is in the infrastructure bill, and let's wait and see. Let's wait and see if it actually makes a difference for the, for the country. I'm a believer in infrastructure. We need it. But the fact of the matter is, what what actually happens as a result of that bill is what's going to matter. And I'm not, I haven't seen it yet, so we'll see. But well, we do know there's road money, there's bridge money, there's internet uh, money for making sure that there's high-speed internet in, in underprivileged communities. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's water, making sure that there's no more lead issues that we saw right down the road here in Flint. There's a lot in that bill. Uh, Greg, yeah. are you hopeful for it? When I mean, it's passed, we got money, it should start trickling down soon. You know, what, what, what you're talking about, what Jamie's talking about, the point that he he raises a good one. We don't have a cheerleader that allows for somebody to stand up and go, 
this is what it is and this is where we're doing it. Joe's not, Joe, President Biden is not that kind of leader. Uh, we need a cheerleader, I get that. Somebody that can define the issue for us and tell us why it's important. And we haven't had anybody in the Democratic Party really be able to step up and do that. So the confusion, Jamie going, I don't know what's in the bill, I don't know how it's gonna help me, even though the street in front of his house gets paved and I-75 gets fixed and we got a new bridge connecting Canada and the uh, middle of the state is getting wireless and but all Greg, that stuff. I, but I wonder when you say that, th that he's not being a cheerleader, we, President and Biden has visited here at least three or four times, yeah. touting it and then talking about it. Yeah. He sent all of his deputies, including Jennifer Granholm, to talk about but it. But they're he not could... capturing the public's imagination. What do they need I to mean, do? That's who, a, that's who, that's you're saying that's Biden a... shouldn't run then? No, I'm not saying that Biden shouldn't run because we had our hair on fire for four years with Trump and his foolishness and the crazy MAGA people. We needed a chance to be able to catch our breath and have some stable leadership without worrying whether or is not that the who world Joe is Biden is? blow up. Are you saying that Joe day? Biden is not as effective and strong as a president as he is a placeholder until the next election. No, what I'm saying is, is that sometimes you need steady leadership that you can depend on. That's what I'm saying. Kind of like a and Gerald that's Ford what, after Watergate. Is that just <laughs> someone to come and that. stable the boat <laughs> just, a little bit. So, the type so we, have, we only have about a minute and a half left here, but I want to give Jamie a chance and Charlie a chance to talk about some names that perhaps people at home are thinking about, but no one's really talking about it on television or in the papers. Um, well, I would just tell you the name that I think everyone's talking about, and that's Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, who I think is going to be the next president of the United States. I mean, he has an incredible record of success down in Florida, the free state of Florida, and he has the ability to raise the money. He is almost universally known. He's younger, next generation. Can he beat Donald Trump if they run against each uh, other? I think that he will be. If, Don, if Donald Trump runs, Donald Trump's in the race right now, I'm not convinced he, he is on the ballot. Charlie Langton, now we have <laughs> paperwork on both sides, right? We have documents that Vice President, then Vice President Biden, had in his home. We just find, find this out. Does that help Trump? <laughs> no, I think Trump's out of it. I think Republicans are out of it. it they're not Republicans are out of it, although I think it's going to be hard to beat Joe Biden. I, I think Joe Biden will be the nominee for the Democrats. I really do. Uh, but as far as these other issues here, yeah, investigate him, but I don't think that's going to be a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal with Trump's papers around, and I don't think it's a big deal with Biden's papers. I think the, the issue for the President of the United States is, you know, you have to ask yourself, is the country going to get better? It's not there now. Once we see gas prices go down or interest sure. rates go down, there's a lot of issues there, but I do think it's going to be Biden. I want to thank our panel for joining us. We're going to be back to wrap things up right after this. And now we're back. I'd like to thank our guests, Jamie Rowe, Greg Bowens, and of course, Charlie Langton. And uh, you can find the full interview with Vice President Kamala Harris, the exclusive interview that she did with Fox 2 on fox2detroit.com. Thanks for watching. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or fox2detroit.com.